Brandon Bean is ranked as the number one GM in the National Football League. Old man Craig Anderson signs a new contract with the Buffalo Sabres. And I will be taking the rundown for this week, along with some hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. We're going to take it right into the Bills news. There has been a stadium plan released. I don't know if either of you have seen it yet, but it's very intriguing to look at. Have you seen it, Dom? I have now just seen it, yes. Yes. Um, it looks like, honestly, ECC is staying put, interestingly enough. Looks like the new stadium is going to be across Abbott Road, yep. and then they're going to demolish the old stadium for parking, but... That won't be done by 26, so... No, for no a little way. bit there, people are going to have a tough time finding a spot. Tailgating, parking, RIP. Believe me, I think they'll find a spot. They'll just there, they'll park in the middle of, of the street and do it, honestly. It just doesn't matter. All i got to say, I don't know what they're charging... You know, those houses around the stadium are charging now, 20 bucks. Like, they could... They're going to knock that rate up. Oh, yeah, 100%. And also, um, it's good for them that the stadium's even staying out there, the new one, because they didn't... That housing market would crash out there. That's why people get hot. I mean, Maybe, because they, yeah, but they also have to deal with the noise for concerts right, people, and games. People who live there, though, know that, I feel like. You know what I mean? If you're that close. I, I don't know if that's perfect for the housing market there. Like, I don't know. If, I, I feel like it's well, kind I mean, of the one nice. guy I know pays his complete mortgage off of having people park there. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Just to house people on a Sunday and have them bring their or own Or Monday. Food. Come on now. We're prime time. Or Monday. Eight? Or Thursday. What, like 10 times a year? 11 times a year? Yeah. yeah. You're making a killing. 30 bucks a person, probably 150 people each. you got to be kidding me right now. Like, that's your mortgage. It's a couple of G's. Yeah, absolutely. But are you sad? Would, will you be sad to see the old stadium go, or are you looking forward to this? I think I'm looking forward to this, because I think the old stadium's not very good, to be honest with you. It's one of the worst it's not. It's not one of those historic ones, like a Bond. like a soldier field, or like Even the, the rock pile with the movie Some, The Natural. Yeah, it's all nothing like yeah, it's yeah. nothing like that. Like, I've, you know, I'm completely fine with this going on and going to a new one. I also don't really have that much emotional attachment to it, because this, the Bills weren't good until a couple years ago, so like... Yeah, we watched E.J. Manuel play in the stadium, so as far as I'm concerned, it can go rot with him, so... Yeah, I mean, the Bills weren't good until, what, Highmark Stadium? I, they weren't really good in Bill Stadium. Yeah, once they became Bill Stadium, they became good, so. Yeah, what? yeah, Bill Stadium, and then now it's Highmark. Well, the new one the new one will be Highmark as well, right? They have the yeah, name the rights. name rights. Yeah. I think they have the name rights until 26, because we'll see. Yeah, it's I whatever, they they, I don't know it. what their contract is, but I'm I'm thinking it'll probably be. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if the name rights is expired. Terry Pagula Stadium. I want to see, I, I think they expanded it for like 10 years. Oh, did they? I think they well, added they just, onto it. They just had something. Yeah. yeah. But Either way. Speaking of Terry Pagula, the owners, and the Bills front office, Brandon Bean has been ranked number one in the entire NFL GM-wise, and I 100% agree with that. I mean, by, by Pro Football Network. By Yes, Pro Football Network. Sorry, I didn't give you guys credit there. Um, it's 100% a lock. Like, I would have picked that happening. He was the favorite, I bet. You know, he'd look at the way the team turned around since he's been in this You're position. You're not biased at all, though. I'm not biased. No, absolutely not. No, I think Bean took a lot of swings and he hit a lot of home runs. 
I mean, and he also got them out of cap hell. Yeah, he drafted well. He signed good free agents. He's found good undrafted players. Right. I mean, pretty and much everywhere he's done good. He's created a model because look at where the Bills are now. They're Super Bowl contenders after being nothing. He's created a model that I think the Sabers are starting to follow. I know we're not in that topic yet, but it's just it's interesting well, to see. He's intelligent in the fact that he realized that 2017 was a fluke season that they got really lucky to make the playoffs. And instead of being like, "Oh, we're now a playoff team," we, he's like, he's no. like "No, he's like, no, we're gonna get rid of our all these cap, the dead cap. We're just gonna have 40, 50 million dollars in dead cap, get, have salary space for 19. We're gonna take a swing at Josh Allen here at number seven. Worked out. Now they added, they added digs. They improved the offensive line. They've added more weapons. They've been able to sign undervalued defensive we players drafted, like Hyde and Poyer. And, yeah, and you draft Ed Oliver. You know, you, you you Tremaine Edmonds. I know I've dogged on him, but I mean, made a couple good. He's made good draft picks. There's no arguing that. For I sure. mean, you you draft well. You develop well. You know, good things happen. You make smart decisions. I mean, they've hired smart coaches. You know, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable. Now he's gone, but now right. Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. Well, they I'm bring com- in your buddy I'm, Joe Brady. Yeah. yeah. Plus, now that gives us the uh, opportunity to bring in like a Von Miller, like the bigger names that want to be here to try right. and win. I just wish we had the Sabres cap space right now. you got to be kidding me. Well, it's build a professional team with that. Well, I mean, Nuts. it's also cool to see that the front office is like the Bills are now, their assistants are being poached by teams for other positions now because they're so sought after. Right. You know, Dan Morgan left to and become the assistant GM with the Panthers. Leslie Frazier was being interviewed for multiple head coach positions. Yeah, Joe Shane's now Giants. Brian yeah. Gain went to Houston, now he's back. Uh, again, the Bowl. Daybolt's yeah, gone. At the Giants. The coach. Did you hear this rumor? Sorry, we were talking about the just on the Giants right now in Daybolt. Danny Dimes might not be. They're looking to go after Baker Mayfield. The trade was about to go through to Seattle, and then all of a sudden it stopped because the Giants, I guess, made an offer as well. So well, isn't that isn't that a little interesting? Sorry, that's a little more NFL. All, than all we I have to say do, about about this is I saw a post where it said who would be better, Josh Allen on the Giants or Daniel Jones on the Bills, and they said the Giants would be better. In the Bills. Josh Allen on the Giants? Yeah, yes. I would agree with that. That's all I'm, I'm just going to say about the Bills and Giants. Well, I mean, the Wait, Super so Bowl saying if Josh Allen was removed from the Bills. If he was on the Giants roster, everything was the same, but Josh Allen was their quarterback. Instead of Daniel Jones? Yes, and Daniel Jones was our quarterback with everybody the same. The, Bills, the Giants would be better. The Bills would probably be a fringe playoff team, and the Giants in that bad division might win that division. Yeah, basically they said Josh Allen would elevate can elevate the team around him, and Daniel Jones cannot. Well, those NFC teams, I think, are more compa- comparable to the USFL. I, I, I don't think there's anything going, you know, the, the AFC, it's, 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 there's no argument. Dallas is America's team. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to lose it because they Are we stink. them boys? They how, stink. How about them boys? Well, how about them boys? And guess what? They would look better playing in the USFL in the same stadium every weekend. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Brandon Bean, you know, he didn't. Daniel <laughs> Sorry. Jones, Daniel Jones ain't our quarterback. It's Josh Allen. And he also did a good job of uh, investing in analytics and numbers, not just for, you know, players, you know, statistically on the field, but off the field of health. Mm-hmm. You know, they improved their training facility. You know, they, they're very advanced in the way that they give people days off. That's the reason why the Bills, you know, injury report at the end of the year is always pretty low. And the reason why, you know, at the end of the year, you, you know, the last two years, they've been on these winning streaks at the end of the year. So when they get in the postseason, they're the healthiest, and everyone's feeling okay to you know make that playoff push. And that's why you see Von Miller come here because you know obviously Buffalo's not a destination because it's cold and bad, but the training facility's top notch, the coaching's top notch, you know, and their health. They really you know have invested in player health where you know right. they could add 
years onto people's careers. Yeah, by the Von way. Miller just came out and said he wants to play all six years of that deal. You well, why. how could you not? I mean, he's loving his time in Buffalo right now. Just the coaches, the system, everything about it, he loves. And that's the guy. That's the veteran guy you want. Like mm-hmm. you know, like no, he's gonna be a great mentor and, for Russo, yeah. Ashram, and like Dom said, they're all at his camp right now. Yeah, like that's just wisdom upon wisdom. Like it, it's absolutely. He's been awesome. arguably the best pass rusher in the past decade. So well, look at him. His first couple of years, he was at, in the Super Bowl with Denver, and he's honestly the game against the Panthers where they killed. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning was. Old. He wasn't no, that, doing much. That was all defense. That was all. That defense. Super Bowl was won by the defense, yes. no doubt. And that's what we're getting still with even an older older Von Miller. It's still yeah still comparable. Like there's nothing else. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Bean made had a plan and stuck to his plan. He's added the right pieces along the way. You know, Stephon Diggs now Von Miller. So hopefully, you know, that plan ends with a Lombardi Trophy and a parade. Uh, in Buffalo, but yeah, talking city about, will burn down. Talking, but yeah. <laughs> talking about Brandon Bean, let's transition to the 2022 draft picks and let's rank what we got, what we think, who are going to have the most impact uh, on on this upcoming season. Uh, Joe, you re- you rose your hand, so you know you're. So yeah, I want to throw my hand up here. I know he's the first round pick for us. I think Kyrie Elam's going to. He's going to step into that that you know the cornerback core and. I think he's going to transform it. He's that young guy. He's not, he's like Tredavious White. Not necessarily the most athletic guy out there. He's not fast. He's not as quick. He knows how to read the field. And all he has to work on is his tackling. That's the one thing in any film I've seen him. He's He doesn't go low. He tries, You know what I mean? Like He can't get him to the ground. And Leslie Frazier is going to fix that. You yeah. know? So I just think it's going to be Elam and Tredavious White out there eating it up when Tredavious White's healthy. I think that's the best addition we have. Yeah, no, opinion. I mean, well, I was thinking about this. I'm I'm kind of leaning like a 1A, 1B type with Elam and James Cook because I think James Cook is going to be yeah. pretty important for the offense. Um, maybe you'll you'll make Elam the 1A and Cook the 1B just because there's going to be more of a rotation at the halfback with Singletary. Right. And, you know, I said Duke Johnson, but... I think probably, Zach Moss will be a fullback before be Zach he's, Moss. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> He likes rotating the offense, but defense, they also like to rotate, but he'll probably be the starting corner while Tredavious White is still recovering. Yeah, I think Elam and Cook are probably the top two. Number three, I think, is when you start getting in the debate because obviously Cook and Elam were their first two draft picks, and then are we really going to put Terrell Bernard? Who's no, probably, number probably, three? I, I, Matt Ariza. Oh, okay, we agree. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Oh, that, you, that, what are you telling no, me here? He's a starting punter. Even, well, even, he ain't the starter yet. He's got to earn got, it. Come on You now. don't draft you, a punter just to get rid of him. We're literally doing a combine to see if we can out-punt an NFL punter. I'm just saying, like, we, we're not drafting right a punter just to uh, it's like No, it's like when we drafted Bass. I think I said this last time. Yeah. We knew we were getting rid of Hauschka. Yeah. Like, that was, but him being a place kicker, too, if Bass ever does go down, that's also an added plus. Added yeah. value. Yeah. Like, you, you're you not going to find another guy like him. Especially, have you seen the film of him, his highlights? Half the time when he punts and they return it, he's the one nailing the guys into the ground. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, that, that's the guy you want. I think they'll calm that down. But, I mean, it's definitely something you want. Yeah, yeah I don't have Bernard till number five on my list. So I have Shakira over him. Oh. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And then my last... Four, I put Wedemeyer at six. There we go. I I think he has he's in a position Jaylen. with the tight ends, especially if Knox represent the Aggies. Knox's injury history, OJ Howard's injury history, and Tommy Sweeney's inconsistent play. I mean, he might, <laughs> he might. I mean, he might. I think he has a chance to be active a couple game days, and then you're right. Ben, and then Benford, Specter, and 
uh, Tula. I mean, I, just, I think they're just practice squad guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe Benford and Spectre possibly make the team with injuries with you know Smith's suspension, Tre'Davious White's injury. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's you know the significant list. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, I think we had a great draft this year. Looking back on it and looking at these guys we're putting in, I, I mean, like we said, there's two practice squad guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at but they still could come up if you, and play. If, if you look at one, you know, hope cornerback to James Cook receiving back slash RB two, uh, Mallory is a starting punter. Cleo Shakur, you know, in that wide receiver group. Terrell Bernard, special teams ace slash linebacker three. You know, Jalen Wemmeyer, tight end four, and then you know, practice squad, practice squad, practice squad. You know, that's pretty good depth. Over the weekend, I, I wanted to bring this up to you guys. It's about James Cook, the running running back position in general. Someone mentioned to me about Singletary is going to be the one to go. No, he's going next. He's the way, give no, an he ended the year too hot. He he shows. You think they won't even give him an extension? No, they're not going to give him an extension. They Why? would wait. They're wait pipe till the end of the When's year. When's the last time? I don't think Brandon Bean's ever paid a running back. No, no I, I know he has. I know, but like I think Singletary no, the deal was Whaley. Yeah, the shade. Singletary and Cook out of the bunch you have, those are the two that are going to be this switch I think, out. I think you had to see what Singletary does because he hasn't been consistent enough, in my opinion, to garner a long term deal right now. Right, so, he's well, also not super athletic either. So no. if he, and he's also going to be in his mid twenties and yeah. the contract he wants to put him to. 30, well, here's here's my that thing. Be brutal with Singletary. Stable, in my opinion, was not using him the right way. Punch runner up the middle, trying to power through, was not working, and we knew that. We Remember, every time we watched the game together, we were like, why? Why are you doing yeah, this? Yeah, but I think they used him the right No, as soon as they well, started, that's what I was just about to say. As soon as the end of the year came around, he was that outside shifty running back. Well, that's how. I that's think, when I he got think, hot. I think Dom just said this. Like He's not the fastest. He's not the most athletic. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have that breakaway speed. But yeah, he's not big enough to go right up the middle like a Derrick no. Henry. He can't carry the shifty. linemen. No. Yeah, well, the but that's where James Cook might have. But but the thing is, he's not big. You got to watch paying running backs because it seems like every every time you pay a running back, that's when you know injuries start to catch up to him, and then you well, you move on. Well, I feel the like the game's the, also rotating away from. No, the problem with Devin heavy Sing- running back. The problem play. with Devin Singletary is no one trusts no one on that Bills coaching staff trusts him on like third and one or third and goals or third. Plus, and I know he's had fumbling issues too. Yeah, yeah, no one trusts him to get those first downs. Do you think they gave the ball to in those situations? Josh Allen, right? Like, right. They don't trust Devin Singletary to well, get the Well, after they run it three times on first, second, and third down, and then they give it to Josh Allen on fourth and two. You know, that's yeah, just how tru- Dable ran that offense they tru- last year. They trust giving it to Allen, or they trust you know the Jets sweep to McKenzie more than giving the ball to Singletary. Do you think so. McKenzie will be like a Debo Samuel-esque position? No. No? Well, okay, he won't be used as much he's, as he's like He's like that, but... They won't use him Debo to Debo Samuel's extent. like six foot two ten, two fifteen. Isaiah Plus, McKenzie's he's their like, top target when Diggs yeah. is our top target. Isaiah McKenzie's like, like 5'9", 180. McKenzie's like our third, fourth target. Yeah. That dude can't take that much of a beating. No. 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 <laughs> no. Not at all. Ain't no way. Nope. Okay, another well, another draft pick. Uh, same draft, right? Devin Singletary's in his fourth? Yeah, he's free. Yeah, same yeah. thing with Dawson, Dawson Knox also. So, last week we ranked Von Miller compared to the, the, start, the top AFC East uh, edges and... Our buddy Vaughn ended up number one on our, everyone's list, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So let's do let's do Dawson Knox compared to the starting tight ends of the other AFC East teams. Well, let's, first let's, off, I just want to say, how could Devon Miller not be at the top of the list? I know. Well, I think that was a slam dunk. Yeah. You know. I feel like Dawson Knox is almost a slam dunk, though. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll start four and we'll work our way up. I think everyone has the same number four guy, but I'll, you know, I'm going to call it you start. CJ Uzama. Yeah. Yeah. That Jets. Yeah. CJ Mosley. Let's just say no. CJ we don't Mosley. even have to mention him by name. Just Jets. CJ Mosley said its playoffs are bust for the Jets this year. It I is. think that's hysterical. That the same guy making seventeen million. Who said I'll you know, the Jets years. are going? They're they're going to go. 
I think I've made a prediction for They'll the Jets win, on like, this show. Six games. They're gonna they're gonna go uh, four and thirteen. That's pretty bold. I think they'll go at least six and eleven. I think they have a pretty. Dolphins beat them twice. Patriots beat them twice. We beat them twice. All right, that's six. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. The well, rest... six six losses. He's saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, they could go one six. I mean, I I don't think they. I don't know their six. schedule in depth, but I can probably pick out the other. I, I don't know. I, I feel... think they'll show improvement. This isn't the Jets podcast, but I think they'll show improvement. <laughs> but all right, all right, six you, games. Let's go. This Might have to call out a Jets number podcast. three. I I think I'm going to surprise you, but Mike, you yeah, we're going to keep the trend going. I I was going to say Hunter Henry. Oh, really? Yeah. You have Hunter Henry third. It's I, kind of a. I have Dawson Knox third. Oh man, that I don't that I don't agree with I, all at all. I mean, I, no, I could see it because Dawson I, Knox has only had just this one year. Right. I mean, I get it, but I I would put him. No, you can't. Hunter Henry the last two years had 50 catches for 603 no, yards, right. nine touchdowns. Right. Last year had six. The year before at the Chargers had 60 for 613. Dawson Knox last year had 49 for 587, nine tuds. The year before he had 24 for 288 and three yeah. tutties. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big Mike Gesicki guy though. Gesicki's one on my list. Yeah, he's my number yeah. one. Henry's <laughs> two on my list. I, I have Gasecki Knox. Uh, no, mine was two. the same as yours. No, I think Knox, Knox Knox could pass Henry this year, but. He's gonna have to have a more. He's gotta be one. He's gotta play all season like he did at the end of last well, season when he really oh, put I it together. I don't think you. I think the last season the problem with him is be people started game planning and taking him away. Right. And then you saw his production drop. Well, Dawson but, Knox will never be that George Kittle, Travis Kelsey type tight end. No, no. But you look at it now. All these offensive weapons you have, where they were teaming on him. Davis is now on red alert. Even though we said that. That playoff game really inflated him almost, you know, like to the point where it almost is fraudulent. Like that, do you know what I'm saying? I know. We, yeah, we were, we were talking yeah. about it, yeah. And then you've got James Cook, you know, like now that's another elite running down the field. He's a receiver as well. You're going to have people pulling coverage off of other, like Dawson yeah. Knox might be open more this season. We I don't just, know. I just think he has to be a little more, he has to stay healthy for all 17 games. He obviously broke his hand last year, and then he's been dealing with some kind of injury. Like, I think it was a hamstring early in. I hope Diggs gets some more action this season. They're not going to give Diggs the ball more. I, I, just last season, he really reason, did almost there's nothing, a, there's it a re- like. There's a reason why. He got double all, all that health stuff I was talking about, mm-hmm. it's the reason why they, they monitor people's touches. I, I I truly believe that they monitor like the the Houston game, all those blowouts they had, they made sure like they weren't just gonna force feed digs in those blowout games that didn't mean anything. Yeah, because mm-hmm. why risk him? Why risk getting right. hurt? Yeah, like Miami, thirty-five to nothing. Why no, so that's that's yeah. why I think it is. Dawson Knox right now is three, but the other two Titans above him are both very good. But I, again, if he has another, if he plays full seventeen and he could put up like seven hundred yards, close to the same amount of touchdowns, mm-hmm. I think he'll pass Henry. Yeah, yeah. No. Henry had a good year, but his most of his touches were in the red zone. So yeah, no, I that's agree. Why he had nine tuds. Yeah, I mean, well, the Patriots also have Johnny Smith too. Johnny, yeah, Johnny was fourth on my list actually. I had CJ Osama below him. <laughs> well, yeah, he was a starting tight end when he was in Tennessee. And they yeah, basically and, signed and two it, tight end. They yeah. signed two tight ends to replace Gronkowski. <laughs> well, that's how much for twenty five million dollars a year. Yeah, honestly, though, like. As much as Gronkowski, you know, did some shady things or whatever, like laying on Tredavious White, mm-hmm. he was an elite tight end that needed two people to replace him. Like, that's, yeah. you know, there's no arguing with it. But that is going to do it for our Bills section. We'll be right back with more of the Buffalonian podcast right after this. 
Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with our Sabre section of the Buffalonian Podcast. And I'm going to kick it right off to Dom with a quick preview of the draft this Thursday. Very exciting upcoming. Yeah, obviously the draft's in Montreal. Uh, I thought it was interesting to hear that Kevin Adams thinks it's it's a unique experience for him because this is his first time. This is his third draft, but it's the first time it's in person. Yeah. Out of the two drafts. Nice yeah, isn't that nuts? Like, the COVID really took that away from him the past couple of years. It's crazy. Maybe that's why we've had a, a couple okay drafts. No, yeah. they've had some great drafts. I think, yeah, what are you saying? I think they're good. What are you talking about? You think Tim Murray is a good drafter over here? Listen, we're not going to bring that up, all right? Ryan Miller trade? I mean, it's definitely, there's a ton of ammo for the Sabres in the first round of obviously 9, 16, 28. So, as a Sabres fan, it's definitely going to be a pretty busy time. Obviously, they have a lot of moves trade up, trade down, maybe trade one of those picks for an NHL player. Uh, let's, let's get, let's, I want to get the feel of the room here, the temperature of the room. Uh, are they keeping all the picks, or are they going to trade one of them? Joe, we'll start for you, big boy. Well, I think we went over this a couple weeks ago when we first were talking about um, Craig Anderson. I think I think we're going to get the last pick. R- refresh me on the numbers. 9, 16, and what? 28. 28. I think 28's gone for a goalie. For Do you have any idea? Anybody? Just a starting goalie? Just a starting young yeah. goalie that can be mentored because we... You know, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but we just re-signed old man Craig Anderson. No, yeah, so. no, I know, I know. I think Craig Anderson is just kind of like a, a bridge, like a backup, like emergency goalie situation. Um, and our goalie... I think I think Kevin Adams is really big on Lukanen, Levi. Um, Lukanen's for, made of glass, though. That's the I think he's really trying to focus on them for the future. And, and not trying think, to block them. Yeah, he wants to rather bring in a bridge. So go to free agency and sign like a Braden Holpe or something for like a year or two. Um... For the draft, though, I I'm gonna make a bold bold take. I think they're gonna trade up in the top five oh, you are to either draft Juracek or Nemich because they need a right shot defenseman. For those who don't know, both those players are right shot defensemen, as you kind of just alluded to. Both are projected <laughs> to be in the top five uh, of the draft. There seems to be some rumors of who's gonna go number one. We don't know. We'll see what Montreal does, but I think they're gonna stay put and make all three selections because I think this. You know, Adams has a plan. He believes that drafting three first-round picks into the prospect pool while you see so many players graduate, Quinn, Paterka, uh, Power, and you know, the question marks of Ryan Johnson, Eric Pertillo, really you could be stuck with only having Devin Levi after this season. So I think they want to kind of replenish that prospect pool yeah. a little bit. And they have... All that cap space too. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could take. That's why they gave picks. Craig Anderson a million and a half. Yeah, yeah. Just to eat a little bit more cap. That's still. I I remember you guys had a major blowout a couple of weeks ago about Craig Anderson. Yeah, you know we're talking about Craig Anderson in a couple minutes, so we're, we're gonna stay on. We're, we're gonna stay on GMK. Draft. Yeah, we're gonna stay on. Send with the draft here. All right, okay. sounds good. Sorry, I just got I get, get a little excited. Got a little passionate about Craig Anderson being resigned. So a lot of rumors flying around. A lot of obviously mock draft season. You know, T-minus, close to 48 hours uh, till the actual draft, the first overall pick by, obviously, the hometown Montreal Canadiens. A lot of rumors flying around. Uh, Danila Yurkov, uh, who's a Russian winger, uh, obviously, it's, we don't know what's going to happen with all these Russian players. Yeah. Especially if it's going on. Even it's been rumored that some NHL Russians that come home to Russia may not be allowed back to the States. So I think you're going to see a lot of Russian talent drop in general. 
just because there's that uncertainty of if they're going to even be able to come here and play. Yeah, so you're off is obviously a top 15 talent in the draft. Mm-hmm. He's ranked 14th by Bob McKenzie in the TSN ranking. He's one of those guys that did really good in the MHL, which is the the junior league to the KHL, which is in Russia. Yeah. You didn't get that much ice time in Russia. I think we use it. Sorry, I'm going to interject here for a second. I know we've talked about getting Russians. Do you think that's in the future at all for next season? Yeah, I mean, they, have, they drafted Russians last year. I assume that they're going to This might be, I would say, the chance to get, get Russians because they're going to drop. Their value is probably going to be lower. And, you know, you got to hope that everything yeah. ends over there and can get back to, you know, peace and everything so that world can kind of get back to normal. I think they're going to hope that this isn't going to be a Kaprizov situation where they're, you know, waiting five years for him to come over. Yeah. But he's one of those guys at 16 might be taking a shot on. At nine, the names that people are hearing are Marco Casper, uh, Matt Savoy, uh, Joaquin Kimmel, and then, Mike, you could say the last one because you're perfect. Le Karamaki? Le Karamaki. Uh, all these guys are top ten on Bob McKenzie's board. Uh, seven... Oh, they're seven to ten actually. So, either for one of those four fit the bill. Uh, Kemmel's more of a Finn uh, winger who's you know has a very high upside top six forward. Like Maki is a is a sniper kind of like a, a, a Quinn. I was gonna say Olafson is a comparable Skinner, but, but I would say Quinn is well Skinner. I don't know Skinner's part of the USA baby Skinner. And then Savoy's kind of that five nine center kind of a little bit maybe like Marco Rossi. And then Casper, they've compared him to uh, Anton Lindell a little bit with his two-way game. So you probably like him the best. I, I mean, I like him. I think you the like pro- the two-way game. The problem with him is that his offensive upside is more questioned than Lindell's. Yeah. So he's more of like they, he could be a second-line center, but at worst, be a third-line center. So he's kind of a what did I say? Not a, a lower ceiling but high floor kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a safer. Maybe like a sense safer pick, but yeah. So I think maybe you take. Do you think that's an like an option? Though? Yeah, yeah, I think that I think they're looking at. Him. I I would take one of the other guys as the higher flo- higher ceiling of the ninth overall pick yeah. to try and really hit that superstar, and hopefully maybe he's there at sixteen. If not, you take your off. Mm-hmm. And then at twenty eight, there's just a bunch of names that. What do you th- do? You think they trade away twenty eight though? No, I think they're going to keep. Uh, again, I think they're going to keep, keep all of them. Yeah, I just believe that. I think the only move that they would make would be if they could get. A young player with one of those first round picks. Yeah, that wouldn't be too expensive. Uh, so like, Debrinket is a good example of an RFA, but he'd be he you know, Debrinket would probably be very expensive. Nine million dollars. I don't think probably they want to do that. Probably more than nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would not recommend nine mil. So listen, there's again. I think this is one of the more exciting drafts. Um, well, it's the first one back in person. Well, it's the first one back in person. I think this is the most exciting Sabres yet, probably since 15. Um, Why? Because we have a shot to make start building we have a really a lot good of, team. I think there's just a lot of hope for this team because now we're finally showing signs of improving and that maybe we actually have a good general manager and a good coach that can work well together and develop these players. So now we're in a draft to where we don't have to draft necessarily for need. Rather, we can draft just the uh, best player available. Absolutely. I think... The reason why I think this tops 15 is because 15, they had the second overall pick, obviously, draft Eichel. Then all the moves that happened afterwards were just kind of a surprise and no one knew the O'Reilly trade, the mm-hmm. Lettner trade. This, they, they're coming in with three first-round picks. Yeah. And all that cast. Four race. picks in the top 41. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we could see some fireworks potentially, but I, I wouldn't, I don't know. Again, Adams, though, did say that he thinks it's easier and it's going to be 
more intense for trades if they could just walk to the table instead of calling someone. Yeah. You know, they don't have to call someone that's a couple hours away. They could literally walk two minutes down the hall. Not yeah. down the hall, but in the room to... On the floor, wh- yeah. Whoever. <laughs> and make a trade. Yeah. So I think that's exciting, but... Joe, I'll let you bring in the... Yeah, that's enough draft news. Obviously, we'll probably talk a lot about it next pod. Right, when it's actually happened. When it's actually happened, yeah. we finally... Have some statistics and you yeah, know, who have, did what. Have what actually happened, no more predictive stuff. But what did actually happen was a signing this week, Joe. And I'll let you take it away because you're so amped and excited to talk about this young guy. All right, so I'm going to call back to something I said a couple weeks ago here. We have re-signed for one million? One and a half. One and a half million dollars. The steaming pile of dog from 1987, Craig Anderson, lukewarm. I don't know how... Sorry, that was a callback to the blowout, as we mentioned a couple a couple minutes ago. So, looking at it, I do agree with what Mike said actually earlier. Um, it definitely is more of a depth. Like, okay, we're in an emergency. I, Lukanen's Lukin, glass, he's broken again. We got to put you in. Like, also, that I think thing. the main thing was that he's very good for the locker room too. Right, he's very good for the younger guys to be there. Well, here's my question. Didn't he or did he not say he wanted to be with his family more and now he's re-signed and they live in Florida? Oh, I mean... Was that a big he, thing for him? Well, I, I do remember that being a big thing for him. If He if, wanted to get traded to Florida if they were going to trade him to the deadline for that reason, I believe. Yeah. But I think he loved it so much in Buffalo that he was willing to he's, come back. Yeah, I think I believe he said it was the most enjoyment he ever had in the season was playing here. So that's well, just really encouraging to see. It's the group of guys they have right now. The vibes. The vibes. The culture. Yeah, and people are going to, I think, honestly, next year at KeyBank, just even with the hopes of this team even making a playoff game, is they're going to No, the be, fans will come back. Yeah. As soon as the Sabres start turning around, the fans are going to come back. Which they did a little exactly. bit in the, the year. But. Yeah, like, we saw, we already know, they'll turn out. Rick Jenneret's final game, they turned out. It was sold Ryan out. Miller's retirement Ryan jersey. Ryan Miller's yeah. retirement, that's yeah. going to be a sold-out game. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, Craig Anderson, um, obviously, I think everyone knows my position. Everyone <laughs> brought him back, um, at, only in, like, an organizational capacity. But I feel like if this is the role, this is the role that I would be. Like, him as the third goaltender and just the guy maybe playing 15 to 20 games, depending on, you know, if Lukanen's injured or someone's banged up. I, I guess that's all right by me. As long I have to wait and see a couple weeks because if they if they come into the season of Anderson and UPL being the goalie, there's going to be you know. Yeah, no, I think I'm we can, all, I think yeah, we can yeah. all agree on that. That that's that don't be, be rolling the on the floor. We need to bring in his legs someone in the else. Air. Yeah. They need to bring in someone. I don't think it's going to be Jack Campbell. I think there is reports that you know with his term and the money he wants, it doesn't fit what Adams wants to give. Uh, obviously, there's interest in Philly Huso, who's the goaltender from the Blues. That's kind of interesting because I think he would be kind of guy that would want the same kind of deal. He'd probably want a Campbell. long-term deal because yeah. he's, I think, 27 right probably now. Probably finish yeah. his career wherever he signs next, kind of deal. No, I, I don't He'd know. Probably want a max-term deal. Probably want seven a big, years. You want to probably pretty big deal. Well, Anderson's 41, right? No, he's done after this year. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say he's old. Pe- like, people, he's just playing for fun at this point. Yeah. yeah, people have reported that the Sabres might trade for James Reimer, Reimer, who's a veteran goalie from the Sharks. Who's all right? Obviously, hope he's been linked. I know you mentioned another Sharks goalie, Aiden Hill, a few pods ago. Yeah, he's all right too. I mean, there's a lot of options for the Sabres to go in the veteran yeah. goaltender Volamov. Obviously, they want to get really frisky and uh, take Bob's contract on from the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, more power to Anderson, though. 41 years old and still playing in the NHL. It's like Brady in the NFL, you know? It's like... Yeah, but they're on different levels. Yeah, Come on, that, ver- No, look, no doubt. Brady's the GOAT. Anderson, like I said, steamy, you know? Uh, you, you, could, you could finish that. Um, 
But still, you know, like, if he still wants to be here, he's 41, let him finish it out. You know, so far so good. I wouldn't make a million dollars, a million and a half dollars Listen, at forty-one years old. Like, I, come on. I, I'm <laughs> waiting to have my final thoughts on this signing until we get some. It's the same thing with all this draft stuff. We gotta see, you know, a month out, you know, a month after this, if they added a goaltender or not, we're good. If they yeah. didn't, we're, we're gonna have some issues. But right. that's okay. That's okay. There was a big trade in the NHL. Obviously, there was rumored to be that the Sabers were one. It was actually interesting. There is. What, the Kings? I don't know, the Devils? And there was another team. But the Sabres were like the mystery team in on Kevin Fiala. And it was kind of interesting to, th- you know, hear that because the Bills were the mystery team in on Von Miller and they ended up getting Von Miller. Yeah, unfortunately, though. So the Buffalo Fiala. teams like to work in the dark. I don't know. Yeah. The shadows. No, it's, it's on, I'm telling you, Kevin Adams is going like Brandon Bean. They're both vengeance. They take in the night. You know, like that's it's just how it is. But uh, Kevin Fiala did get moved the... Uh, Minnesota Wild top six forward had 85 points in 82 games this year. Uh, they traded him to the LA Kings for the 19th overall pick and right, defensive prospect. Yeah, right-handed defensive prospect Brock, Brock Favor, who was teammates of Ryan Johnson, Sabres prospect at the University of Minnesota. And then to top that off, the Kings gave him a seven-year extension worth just Ooh. under eight million dollars per year. So Look it's a two-part. It's a two-part equation. There. I think I don't think it's a bad trade though. Like I, I think it was good for You're, both sides. That it opened up cap space for Minnesota. We, we ain't talking about Minnesota. We ain't talking about the games. We're here to talk about the Sabres perspective on the trade. No, like come on now. I was just I was given an the overall Sabres, rundown. No, here. it's not bad. No, you're right. Again, right. the, the LA got a decent player out of it. But would I have liked to see him on Buffalo's Sabres jersey? Absolutely. I'm thinking this: the Sabres would not have given up probably the 16th pick and a prospect. They probably we'll see Brian Johnson. Probably. Yeah, they probably would have given up like an Olsen, Casey Middlestat, and maybe like the 28th pick or the 41st pick or something like that. They weren't going to do the same trade that L.A. did. The contract, right now it would have fit for our cap, but I think at the end of that it would have been tough yeah. because we're going to have Darlene extension and Cousins extension right. and, maybe and all those Skinner other too. ones, Teach Thompson. So, it's also an overpay. Yeah, and he had a career year. He had 85 points. He's not a consistent 80-point scorer. No, it'd be like us giving like Tage Thompson an astronomical like contract right now points. after one yeah. year. Yeah. So, I mean, L.A., they're, they're stacking up. They're trying to make a run. Um, I know. They're, it wasn't would that you say they're ago. almost in the same position as the Sabres? They're in no, their little rebuild. No, this, this is the most important thing for, I think, Sabres fans to understand. L.A. and the Sabres are in two very different, you know, places in their organizations. L.A. is above one above the Sabres, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just made the playoffs. Two, they're in a weaker division. They're in the Pacific Division, which is not oh. very strong. So they can make this kind of a win-now move of getting rid of a prospect in a first-round pick for a top six forward because that could push them over the top to make it as a top three team in the division. The Sabres, they had Fiala. I don't even think as a top three team in the Atlantic. It may not even be a top... You know, may may not even be in the wild card position in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So they're in two different spots. Also, the Kings are you know ahead of them in the rebuild. The Sabers right now are still in a rebuild. Yeah. The Kings also have the a bona fide superstar Anze Kopitar. Yeah. And so, would you say they're more in the transition phase now to like contender? I think this. I think the Kings are. In, I think the Kings are in the contender phase. You know okay. what I mean? I think they're. The no, contenders. I got you. So like, I they, think the Sabers are a team that's in the transition phase. But they aren't in the. They're closer to the. If you would like tilt the. They're closer to the rebuild and contend. Right, I got you. So if you're putting them on a graph, you're you're closer to the bottom left on the rebuild. You know, hopefully, at the end mm-hmm. of the season, we could say we've seen growth Retreat from the Sabers, and, and now they're heading ready to into make, the, yeah yes. heading into the following season. They're a contender. I hope so. You can only hope. 
You never know, though, you for sure. Hope. And, well, we're talking about Victor Olsen potentially being in, you know, the trade for Fiala, probably their package. Um, he's close. There, there's rumored to be that he's close to this extension with the Sabres. How much do you think it would be? Like, if you five were, if you were five, five to six million for, like, probably three to five, four years. Probably five. I wouldn't think. It would I don't think they're giving him a long-term it deal. It just matters to me at this point, like, what is the smokescreen? Is it the extension, or is it the fact that they're looking to trade him? It's, it's, it's might tough be, to see, because they might be trying to get rid of Like you said, they work in the shadows. They might it, be trying to get rid of them. It might be both, though. I think, I think I made this off air to Mike. I think they looked to trade, looked to trade him, mm-hmm. didn't like the offers that were available to them, so now they're looking to extend them for now. Like I would be completely surprised if he signs like three by five. I'd be surprised if he stays in the Sabres for another three years. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think he'd be traded. No, the next two years, he'll be gone. I, I, he's a good player, but he's just not consistent enough. You know, he had that thirty-game streak where he didn't score at all. Yeah. But then at the end of the season, he was playing pretty well. So no, you could Plus definitely. He's, he's one-dimensional. Streaky. Right, yeah. and you could use him to get a better player who's more consistent. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with the Sabers is, you know, again, we talked. You just talked about are they in the contenders or they the rebuild phase? Is that I think a lot of people think they should be full blown rebuild in the fact of give all your prospects a chance, give Quinn. I've heard people a, say fire Granado and Adams because they haven't no, done enough in these couple no, of years. No, I was no. like, you got to be kidding me! I feel like there's two perspectives from Sabres fans right now. It's give all the kids, the young kids, the shots, or the opposite perspective of start trading, you know, people to get to the playoffs. And really, it all lies in the middle mm-hmm. for me. And it's the reason why I would preferably say they should move on from Olofsson because, as Mike said, he's a one-way player. Right, you want a three-dimensional guy, not a one-dimensional guy. Well, it also comes down to the fact of who are your two-way players in your forward group. You know, other than Alex Tuck, Aspid, Well, there's one player that uh, the Sabres have been linked to that they could add who would be more defensive-minded as well, and that's Mason Marchman. Yeah, the free agent from the Panthers Panthers that just had a... He would probably take three to four million to bring bring oh, in though. And you know you're going into a good system, so that yeah. that's automatically attractive to people too. Plus, you know? he had 47 points in 53 games, so he showed that he could put up points. He probably right. won't be that. No, guy. He, no, 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 no. He's no. not going to be like that here. But, but he could. He'll probably put up 30 to. Yeah, 40 he's not going to go 30 season. games without scoring anything. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's also the reason. You he's know, a much better John Hayden. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 times. Does he attract Maybe. as many fights, though, is the real no, question? No, he's a physical, he's a great guy. Yeah. He actually kind of fits that role, to be honest, but he actually can score a little bit, and he's actually really good defensively. And so we talked about, like, defensively, you know, you're going to add Quinn and Paterka, who probably aren't going to be great in their own end. Krebs was terrible in his own end. Middlestat doesn't have a very good defensive reputation. Olofsson's a one-way player. You know what I mean? Like, Cousins, we think, can make that jump, but he was still kind of... You have Asplin and Okposo. You have Asplin, Olofsplo, Okposo, Tuck... Gergensen's to an extent, but yeah. Gergensen's can't do anything other than maybe you know be all right defensively, so he can't really carry a line. So yeah, right. you really only have three guys in Tuck, uh, Oposo, and Asplid who could really be you know your defensive for that line. Mm-hmm. And well, you're counting on Oposo who's 35, and then everyone wants Asplid on the fourth line. So then Tuck would be on the first line, and then you have two lines of all these young players that are probably going to get caved in every night because they can't defend or stop. Right. So what you're saying is we need to fill those lower lines to be able to so they're not caved in. Like is that is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is I think the Sabres need to be smart and add more defensively responsible forwards to help their young guys develop. So is that that's leading into the next So having more diverse lines. So it's not one line all they're able to do is score and they can't play defense at all. 
having someone who can play defense and mentor like a Cousins. Or right. I think a Paterka can also become a very good two-way player. But mm-hmm. Jack Quinn, he's he's going to be a goal scorer. Like, he's not going to no, play defense. Well, it's it's just him him like, Thompson defense, Skinner no. aren't good defensively. But Alex no. Tuck is. And Alex Tuck covers for those guys. Right. No, that's, if one, that's what you need. Yeah, like, you got to have a guy you can make up for the loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Cousins and Oposo worked well together because Cousins' deficiency is Oposo covered. Then you have Aspen maybe with a guy like Millstat to cover his... And then you have to have a fourth line, and Gergensen's I don't think is good enough to do the Aspen or a post or a tuck. What, yeah. Like, so you have to add another forward. To do that, you have to take out a forward. And if they're going to keep a post, uh, I mean, Olofsson, excuse me, it's like, who are you going to take out? Yeah. So that's why, I, I, I don't know, I, I was, I think all of us at, in the beginning of this podcast when we started this, we're all pro, make sure Quinn and Patrick have spots. Now it's like, honestly, if they're both here, are they going to have a really bad development year because they're going to get caved in? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we mentioned moving Henestrosa to allow them to <laughs> to uh, to have that I know. development. It, it, it's definitely it's definitely strange. Obviously, you know, last week we talked mostly about we talked about goalies and how they can improve there. This week we're about to transition to defenders. Obviously, we talked a little bit forward there. So I think yeah, I was, next, I, no, I was going to say we already pretty much next next week though we're having a big forward discussion. So we'll we'll continue. Hopefully, there's a little bit more room. So let, let's transition to the defenders. Obviously, the Sabers have four spots in their top six already taken in some aspect. Right. And well, also, Feline. I just want to point out, we cannot, I mean, we can't technically grade Owen Power yet. He's only played no, we eight can grade games. Him. Yeah, we can grade him. I mean, from what we've come seen, on, he's phenomenal, on. but what if he... Listen, I don't want to say this, but I mean, what if he, what if he poops? I believe him. Darlene, Power, Yoki Haru, and Samuelson are going to be on the roster. Now, the danger of Power is that he's played eight games, as you said. People didn't, the other teams didn't know how to play him, his weaknesses yet, so you assume at some point they're going to figure that out. Yeah. That's why it's paramount that the Sabres add a right-shot D-man to paraffin that's not named Henry Okiharu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i said this before. Even someone like Mark Pizik would be fine to bring back as no, that no, seventh no, defense. No, 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 As a seventh <laughs> defenseman. Dom's immediately against it. As a seventh Will we have another blowout? You were about to, you were about to say as a partner. No, 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 no. As, as a seventh defenseman, I think he'd be a fine mentor for some of these younger guys, kind of like a... Anderson, where he's not, you know, not the best skill wise, but I think he's good for a locker room standpoint. All right, that's fine. If, yeah, if, seventh if you would, if when he signed the dotted line, someone would tell me that I'd be okay with that. No, that's yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah, let me let me finish my statement. But partner, mm-hmm. oh yeah, partner immediately with Dom jumped to that would have been an absolute red flag. Should never happen. Well, the problem with the Sabres, so obviously then you add partner for power, and so then if you have the Samuelson Dalene pair that you want, then you have power, say if a guy like PK Subban. You know, maybe you make what if a, you put power and Darlene together? No, nah, they're not going to do that. That's too. You much. don't think so? No. But then you have maybe maybe they make a hockey trade with the Penguins to get John Marino, who's a solid right shot defenseman, kind of a little bit overpaid, but they had the cap. Mm-hmm. Maybe they take Rasmus uh, Gudis, who's the right Radko shot. Gudis? Racco Gudis. Yeah. I knew I missed it. Racco. Uh, he's very physical. He's very physical, very good still. That's what you want in a defenseman. Though. Very That's good, very good in his own end to help power. He plays for the Panthers. Obviously, he would be a camped, uh, capped up situation to help the Panthers, so maybe they want to do that. There's ways to add a top four. The problem that I see with the, the roster is if you're going to say, all right, we had those as a top four, your bottom pair is just, it's not good enough to be Jacob Rice and Henry Yokiharu. Like, that that pair is going to get caved in. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like that's going to be the pair, to be honest with you. Like I, I, I mean, I'm completely fine if the Sabres were to somehow throw Jacob Bryson in a deal. To make a better left shot bomb. Yes. Like, or maybe they move him for something, and they send like Brett Kulak, who's mm-hmm. a left shot yeah. man. Like they, I think they. Have... I wouldn't have minded if the Sabers pursued a Ryan McDonough. 
I know he's a left shot, but I think he could have been a nice defenseman to have. Dog, that contract is bad. He's four. He had four years for another like six plus million dollars. No, he's thirty three. That, no, that, I know. That, but no. I'm just saying. I, and, I, and he had not, his, He would never wage his trade. His, yeah, you know. but I'm just saying. If for some reason, no, you're right. He would have come right. here. I would have welcomed him. No, you're right. Yeah, that kind of guy. It's that, just not that contract. No, that, that being con- that old contract, and that long, like yeah. you're locked in for. Just yeah, if he's a free agent. Yeah, I mean they, that's different. They have to. I think so. They had to add a right shot D-man, as we said. I think they have to improve on Bryce and the bottom pair, especially if they're gonna have your now. They could be like, we're not going to have the Darlene Samuelson pair. We're going to do what Tampa does and have, you know, they have Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, three left shot defensemen. They have them on three different pairs. So maybe the Sabres do that and have Darlene paired with someone. Not Yokiharu because that pair actually wouldn't work out. Maybe it's Darlene Bryson, uh, Samuelson, Yokiharu, and Power, you know, whoever you're right shot, whoever you're Superman, we'll just put them as the placeholder. Yeah. Maybe they do that instead and be like, okay, we don't have to improve on Bryson because now Bryson's a Delian, but I don't even know if that pair works out. I, I, I just don't think they have to improve on that. I think you just have to see who works best with who because you look at it, last last season, Granado, towards the end, when they knew they weren't making the playoffs, started mixing and matching. Experimenting. Yeah. That's, that, I, honestly, I think they need to do some more of that, but in a more tamed way because now your Pies season's through on train cramp in the preseason. Exactly. So maybe they find out. There are some different pairs that they weren't thinking about. You know what I mean? Like well, that, you're thinking Dalian's going to need to be paired with a more defensive-minded defenseman. Well, that's that's why I power mentioned power gonna, earlier. Power is going to have to be with a more defensive-minded player. Yeah, Bryson is just not defensive really at all. He's kind of like he's just a, meh. Yeah, and then yeah. Yoki Haru is he needs help. Yeah, he's more I guess labeled as like a two-way. Nah, he but he's he's labeled you know what he's labeled as zero-way. No offense, no defense. He's just there. (laughs) Traffic cone. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Dude's just there. But I think that's... Well, and then you talk about, like, Samuelson, I think is a little... I mean, he doesn't produce a lot of offense. Maybe he could take a jump there. But Mm -hmm. defensively, he's a very good stay-at-home defensive player. He's very malleable, where I feel like he could work with a bunch of different people. Yeah. So now, matters. do you want the Darlene-Samuelson super pairing... Or do you want to break them up because you need Samuelson to be a Fiocchiari to make him a flow, and then you had to find someone else then to pair up Darlene? Or do you want to pairing and then did, fix the Bryson? Did Samuelson play on the right side? No, Darlene did. Darlene played on the right side? I think, okay. they're gonna, I think Darlene said it himself during the season that he enjoyed playing on the right side and felt like he was more offensive on the right side. So okay. I honestly I mean, that pairing, probably keep him over. I there. think that pairing is going to stay. I think it would be, I don't know, I feel like they're going to Would you agree with that, though, after viewing the games we went to? Oh, I thought that lane was better than the season. I thought yeah. the pairing was very good. I thought that pairing was very good. The power Yoki Ari pairing was good, but if you looked at it in the numbers, it was because of power. It wasn't right. Well, the, I power's think he, not going to be able to do that for 82. No, that's no. that's what I'm saying. He had eight games. Like, you can't really... you got to see him for a full season to really know, like, what yeah. this guy's all about. Because, like you said, he's got weaknesses that no one's exposed yet, and when they're exposed, that's going to be what's stopping that's him what from you need doing a, it. That's why you need a veteran guy with exactly. him that could help him through that time period. Mm-hmm. It's um, legitimately looking for the Von Miller for Greg Rousseau. Like, that's basically what you're doing at that yeah. point. You and again, know what I mean? And again, like, when you talk to... Uh, you know, this conversation is just so easy to talk about, but the rebuilding contention thing, the whole thing about why I would lean towards the Sabres as the rebuild is the Sabres just have so many unanswered questions. Right. Yeah. Like... Who is Henry Yokiharu? Is Henry Yokiharu a guy? Right now, I would say no, but he could become a guy. Right. And then we, when you look at Thompson, was he a guy before the season? Absolutely. Not really. Dylan Cousins, yeah. can he mm-hmm. be that two-way center? Because they don't have any two-way centers right now. If he becomes that guy, boom, that really helps your roster. Yeah. Like, there is a goaltending. UPL, does he, does he, you know, 
is he made of stone this year and he doesn't break? You know, and then all of a sudden he actually puts it together at the entry level. Then he's a guy. I know. Like, I hope he does because then maybe we don't. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's a lot it's, easier with the goalie situation then. If you were to tell me what's your perfect Sabre season, it's not them making the playoffs. It's them competing the whole eighty-two games to being close to the playoffs and figuring and, out who they are and as a team. answering important questions so that they could come in the next off season and solve those unanswered questions that are like, oh wait, you're not a guy, we gotta improve. Right, it's like you said earlier, the Bills losing that game, the wild card game, didn't label themselves as a playoff team, Brandon B went in and fixed what needed to be fixed, and that's why we're at where we're at now, that's what the Sabres need to do, yeah. exactly. couldn't agree more. Yeah, so that is gonna do it for our Sabres topic for the day, we'll be right back with the rundown right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with the rundown for this week. I'll be taking it. We're going to start out with the Toronto Blue Jays. After a promising start to the week, it has been utterly destroyed. The Jays, after taking the three-game home set versus the Red Sox, then won the first two games of the five-game set versus the Rays. And the Blue Jays, after this, lost four games in a row. They lost the last three games to the Rays to lose that series 3-2. to two. Last night, the Jays dropped the opening game of their series to the woeful A's 5-1, to one, with the A's roughing up ace Alex Mena for five runs, four of them earned in five and two-thirds innings. The Jays are now 44-37, sitting a half game up on the Rays for the second AL wildcard spot, and a game and a half behind the Red Sox for the top AL wildcard spot. The Jays finished their three-game set with the A's on Wednesday and head to Seattle to play a four-game set to end their West Coast road trip. Highlight of the week is that the Jays rallying a walk-off to the Red Sox in Game 2 of their three-game set to win the series. Trailing 5-4 to in the ninth, Bo Bichette, hit a game-tying RBI single, followed by Vlad Guerrero Jr. walk-off single for the thrilling win. Interesting note is that the, since the game was played in Toronto, the Red Sox closer Tanner Hawk was unable to play because he's unvaccinated for COVID-19. Currently, if the season ended right, the Red Sox and Blue Jays would play each other in the playoffs, so it is all more important for the Blue Jays to get that top wildcard spot. For the third week in a row, hopefully the Blue Jays have a good week from the start to finish for next week's rundown. Now, we're moving on to the Bisons. The Blue Jays have officially cursed the Bisons. There's no other way to say it. The Jays are currently on a four-game losing streak. The Bisons are currently on a seven-game losing streak. They got swept in Scranton, who was 11 games under 500 before the series. They also lost on on the 4th of July to Syracuse in Buffalo for the opener of a seven-game set. The Bisons are now 41-37 and are one and a half games back of first in a crowded top division with three teams being tied at the top, which are Jacksonville, Lehigh Valley, and Wooster. The Bisons, with all their struggles, now have a negative run differential of three. The pitching is still close to being the best in the division by the offense, or lack thereof, has started to be the downfall of the Bisons, as they rank second and last to run scored in their division. The Bisons have off today, then play a doubleheader on Wednesday, and finish the series versus Syracuse on Sunday. Would love to talk about a highlight of last week, but there aren't any. So the low light of the week was, well, the whole Scranton series. Hopefully, like the Jays, we get more positive things to talk about for the next time on the Bisons Rundown. And that is going to do it for the Rundown. I'm Joe Kelly, and we'll be right back after this. 
Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we're back. Best time of the week. With the Buffalonian Podcast. Trivia. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say the name, sorry. My inner Joe. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna think you're we're talking. They're not Jets. gonna know what this is. They're gonna think it's what a Jets the, podcast the heck? earlier. Yeah. The Torontonian. The Giants. <laughs> the Torontonian. All right, all right, let's get back on track here. So, trivia. I'll start with the Bills. So, who has the most games played in Bills history? Bruce Smith. Oh, that's a close second. Mm. Same era. Thurman. No. Andre Reid? Yes. Oh, come on now. 221. How much does Bruce have? 217. Oh. So Four. literally, Both yeah. came in in 85 and stayed till 99. Yeah, then Bruce went to the Redskins, who are now the... Commanders. Commanders, the football team. And Andre they Reed was retired. They were the football team. He went to... No, I thought... I, oh, no, Thurman went to the Dolphins. Yeah, he played a year in Miami. I think Andre Reid didn't end his career in Buffalo, did he? I thought he did. Don Beebe didn't. You know, he went to Green Bay and yeah, won, a Super, won Bowl. a Super Bowl. Let's see. All right, fact check. No, we went to the Redskins, too. Oh, well. No, the Commanders, Commanders, okay? Yeah, come on. Hey, they were called the Redskins in 2000. Yeah. All that's right. right, that's right. All right, you we'll, know, let, all we'll right. let them have it. We'll let them have all it. All right, second question. Sabres. So there's a lot of numbers that can be worn. There's a lot of numbers that have been worn once. What number? Well, I'll say this. Which player wore the number 60 for just six minutes in a game? I'll, I'll start by saying it's not goaltender. Okay, great start. Are you stumped too? I am a little bit. I'm going to say no one because I don't know. Yeah, I have no it's idea. the goose. Paul Gostad. He wore 28, didn't he? Yeah. When he wore 60 for two, six minutes? 03 for one game, he wore number 60. Really? Trade yep. him for first round pick. That was a great trade. <laughs> Paul Gostad, solid middle six center for the Sabres. Yep, then trade him for first round pick with the Predators. Great trade for the Sabres. <laughs> All right, final question. Fourth of July, we'll talk about uh, some history, American history. Who are the two presidents that both died on July 4th of 1826? Uh, I know the answer, so I'll let, I'll let Joe. No, I have no idea. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Yes! But they died on July 4th of... 1826. The, the, the same 50, day. The 50th anniversary. 1820, 1826, they both died. Yep, same day. Same day, uh, same year. There's some, there's some quote, like, Adam said, if Jefferson lives or whatever, then Jefferson already died. Yeah, I don't remember which one died first. I think Jefferson but... died first, because I think Adams, there's a story of, like, Adam saying, hopes Jefferson lives or whatever. I don't know, they hated each other, so. Yeah, no, yeah, they But either way, they, they both passed away on the same At day. At least they weren't taffed and too big to fit in a... Bathtub. Bathtub, yeah. yeah. We're in some presidential history here for the Buffalo Indian Podcast. Give us yeah. a follow if you like presidents. And just a quick note for the future here. We're adding a new little segment. Um, we're going to do um, a little bit of a would you rather in the sports world kind of a deal um, with both sports. So if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to DM us and let us know. But without further ado, Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Bills.